Chris Norwalk. to be in the house of God. You may be seated. Praise God. I uh, appreciate that, Pastor Richard. Uh, it's always a blessing to come to Norwalk. I see Pastor Richard and Sister Nancy, and, and uh, I, I'm, we're so blessed because I don't know where the years went, but I remember meeting Pastor Richard 41 years ago, and, and he was leading songs at that time when I came in, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, 41 years later, here we are. But you know what's sad is there's more folks that are not here, you know. It's because they were not willing, as Pastor said, to build a healthy relationship with God. Because, see, God's a keeper. He will keep you from falling and failing him. If we turn to his mercies, his mercies will turn on us. It's very, very important. But also all you local pastors that are here in congregations, uh, Montebello, San Pedro, the other one. And thank you for coming. I know you guys are going to have a good time with the taco trucks. Can never go wrong with the taco trucks, can you? When you go to a restaurant, I don't care how fancy, how elegant, how, how they don't even come close. And if you find one, let me know. Praise God. Let's get into the word of God tonight so we can go and have fun in a little bit. Before we do, let's let God have his way. Into the book of Acts chapter 20. Chapter 20, as you're turning there to Acts 20, I'm reminded of a, of a, you know, how many know that wild horses have to be broken to become good horses? And it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work to break a horse. Matter of fact, some of the horses are so, uh, so powerful and unpredictable, they even got names, a hurricane, they, they got thunder, lightning, and, and they even got Diablo. You know, and so these horses are stubborn as stubborn can be. And for those that have seen uh, uh, horses being broken, whether it's in the movies or wherever you've seen them, you find out that many times they get on that horse and all of a sudden there they are. And they're hanging on and hanging on and barely hanging on. And you hear the, the people around them, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. You got it, you got it. And boom, down they go. They get up and try again. They get on top of that horse. And there they go, and, and then uh, same thing, the, the, the horse got him going, but seems to be doing better, and, and the, the crowd began to say, you got it, stay with it, you got it this time, stay with it, and boom, down they go. And finally, they get up there again, before you know it, the horse gets broken. But it took somebody around them to say, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. You see, this, mo this evening, or this afternoon now, I want to minister a sermon I entitled, Stay With It. Stay with it. No matter how tough it gets in our walk with God, no matter if you're in a situation that's unexplainable. I don't know why bad things happen to good people, but it does happen. But we got to stay with it no matter what we go through, church. We got to stay with it. As I, I seen Pastor Richard come up here. I said, man, the reason why Pastor Richard stayed here is because he stood with it. He stood with it. It's not always been easy. But we got to stay with it. See, a miracle is a supernatural intervention of God that interrupts the normal course of natural life. As our brother was sharing, uh, the pastor was sharing and picking up the offering, what God's done in his life. 
Appreciation is a, is a crucial part of our walk with God. If you're a pastor, uh, uh, you know, you're pastoring or pioneering or you're working out in the field, let me tell you, don't ever lose the appreciation of what God's done in your life because that will take you a long way. It will give you revival in your city. Don't ever forget what God's done for you because he's done something special. And as, I, as Pete was uh, picking up the offering, I feel like I say, man, go ahead and let go, man. Preach it. He said, it's important we understand when God breaks in, let him have his way. Amen. Let him have his way because he'll, he'll do a marvelous work in your life and he will shock you. See, the most important part that needs to be shocked walking for God is you. When you can look in the mirror and say, my God, you are too much. You're just, I, I can't even explain it, Lord. You're just too much. But if you're trying to impress people, you're going to be in trouble. You let God shine through you. But you see, you have to prepare yourself. You know, those people that get on those horses, man, they got pads here, pads here. It doesn't matter. They still break legs and arms. But there they are. They're prepared for the battle. I like what Benjamin Franklin said. He said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. See, we got to be prepared for this battle that we are in. we got to stick, stick it out, stay in tune with God through the word, through prayer. No matter who you are here, no matter what you're going through, can I tell you something? Amen. What you have to do is stay with it. Hang in there no matter what. Things may not look good. Things may not be going good. But I'm going to tell you, when you stay with it, you'll break through and it will come out okay. It will come out all right. See, victory comes to those that follow and engage the God-given assignment. Because every one of us here have an assignment. I have an assignment. And I have to say, yes, sir, Lord. What do you want me to do next? Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Whatever it is, Lord. You see, if we want God to move on our behalf, we got to stay with it, church. We got to stay with it. I remember when I first got saved, I, 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 I fasted, didn't know what I was doing. I was sharing the other day, yesterday, I got my, my tithing for two months' worth. And all of a sudden, I found a church finally, which is you know, a new harvest. And I put my offering and, the, and my tithe in that two, two months' worth. That pastor once said, this guy's got a good job. No, it was two months' worth. <laughs> it wasn't that good. But you see, we got to stay with it. Forty-some years later, here we are serving God, having a good time on top of that, through the good and through the bad. Yeah, we've had some rough times, Pastor Richard. We've had some rough times. We've had some rough times. Just even just the, the beginning, the road. You know, I didn't even know what trials was until I went out to pastor. I saw good I had it. But you know why? Because I surrendered. I gave myself to God. I yielded. I fasted. God, do what you got to do, Lord. Let him have his way. It works. Don't fight God. Fight the devil. Fight him. Acts 20, verse 24. Follow with me here. Here's the apostle Paul. This is what made the apostle such a powerful man of God. He said, but none of these things move me, neither count my life dear to myself. See, the apostle Paul understood one thing. It was about the kingdom of God. It wasn't about him. 
It wasn't about who he was. It was about the kingdom of God and who God was and how he had to venture out and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ in spite of all the adversities, all the battles, all the shipwrecks, all that he went through. He understood one thing. My life don't belong to me, God. It belongs to you. And no matter what I go through, I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to stay with it. You've got to stay with it. See, our faith is the strongest in the areas where you and I allow the revelation of God to kick in. As you're praying, God speaks, you move. See, that's the beautiful thing about how God does. Sometimes we get so busy, we don't give God time to speak. Give him uh, that moment. God, speak to me. Thy servant's hearing God. Speak to me. I need to hear from you. What do you want me to do in this situation? And God will always come through, and he will always answer. You see, God's revelation is connected to his time, his will, he knows when and he knows when not to. That's the goodness of God. He knows exactly when to bless you and he knows when to hold it. He knows, he knows, he knows. He's God. He's a God of heaven that is always looking down at you and now you're special in his eyes. He loves you to death. He already died for you. He did all that he had to do for us. Now our responsibility is to follow his ways. Follow him, stick with it, say, God, I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to trust you. Like the psalmist says, trust the Lord and just obey him. You know, a lot of times I, I feel a lot of people say, I trust the Lord. The only dilemma they have is they don't obey him. We have to do both, trust him and obey him. And in the times of hard decisions, God will help you and implement you revelation and insight how to handle situations that will blow you away. You know God's involved. Why? Because you're staying with it. You can hear that word a lot, by the way. Stay with it, brother. Stay with it, sister. Just stay with it. Trust God. I know sometimes things happen that we don't understand, and we just got to just stay with it. What I mean by stay with it, I mean, you know, if you're married to a murderer, well, you got to leave him. You can't stay with it, right? <laughs> so, you, you know, it's, it's almost like you, know, you need to stay with it no matter what. You just got to do what you got to do. So let me look at a couple of things here because when sometimes you get knocked off the horse, and I'm not talking about backsliding or sinning, just in one of them days of discouragement or one of those days you had a bad day, you got to get back on. You know, even if you backslide, you need to get back on. But my point is that's what I'm talking about. You're having a bad day, a bad moment, whatever it may be, you got to just get rested up and say, okay, I can't wait till I feel good. I'm coming back on board. But you got to stay with it. Now, in saying that, Real quickly, let's look at number one. Uh, don't let the enemy confuse you. See, there's a lot of confusion going on in the arena that we live in, in the world that we live in. The political arena, I mean, it is confused. The medical arena, it is confused. You know, you know I heard the other day, you're not going to believe what I heard just, just two days ago, that drinking too much water may be bad for you. In other words, you're not supposed to drink what they're telling you you're supposed to drink. So, oh, and then they tell you the vegetables are not good for you, fruit's not good for you. Then what's going on here? They're confused. I think the main thing is just don't eat too much or drink too much of anything. That's the bottom line. But you know, the bananas, you hear all these things are not good for you. This is not good for you. That's not good. I won't even tell you because you've got to do your own homework. Because I don't believe everything I hear. But it's confused. And you know what's even worse is the condition of the churches in the world. They're more confused than ever. 
They're confused. They teach one thing, live another way. They, they teach another doctrine, a false doctrine. And before you know it, you're wondering what's going on in this world. That's why it's important that you come here where God's brought you and learn the word of God here. Stay true to where God's called you and let God be God in your life. Because here in Norwalk, they herald the word of God. The word of God is herald under the unction, the anointing of God. And you can tell because, see, the word of God is meant to change our ways and change our lives. It's not to give you and I a lollipop and walk around and, uh, and be a happy camper. It just doesn't work like that. There's, there's arenas that we have to conquer. There's battlegrounds and mountains we got to take. That word confused simply means don't mistake one thing for another. How can someone believe one way, next thing you know, believe another way? I've believed the same for 41 years. Haven't changed. I'm not Jesus. He, he, he's, he's never changed. But I've never, I believe the same thing. I believed 41 years ago. Because he revealed that to me. A revelation that I've never forget and it works today. It's a revelation that God gives you. My son, these, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's for today. I got through with the Holy Ghost. They can't tell me. A theologian can't tell me it was just for them. It's too late. Deliverance, it's too late. Heal, it's too late. You see, now we got to believe the whole gospel. And it's got its perfect timing. You know, we don't understand why, again, bad things happen to good people. But it does happen. We just got to fight through it. Believe God to help us. But you have to stay with it. Can I encourage you? Just stay with it and stay with it. And keep on believing and keep on trusting. Don't settle. Keep on trusting God. Not only that, but the word confuse, uh, confusement also in the Greek, it means instability. That's exactly what happens. When people get confused, they become unstable. You see, and uh, confusement is never of God, uh, the book of James says, never, never of God in chapter 3, verse 16. But it's amazing today how many God's people are, are confused, distracted, misdirected, because they have allowed themselves to open up a door. They went somewhere they shouldn't have went, done something they shouldn't have done, and it brings confusement. One of the things in the last days, you hear about a lot of these big old concerts, a lot of these groups, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't even know how you have any time to even go there. You know, you, got, you, you come to church, you're busy in the kingdom of God, you got a car to clean, a house to clean, a yard to clean, a, a house to paint, and you got time to go over there and get carnal? I'll never forget uh, hearing a Bible scholar or Bible tape from a college, it was in Spanish, and you know what he said? And I never forgot that. He said, the most carnal people are the ones that go here and there and everywhere. We need to stay loyal, faithful. Because you know why? The boat can stop rocking, but you're going to be okay here. Because the word of God is going to keep, keep you and I under, under, you know, under the spirit of the living God. Why change when you found it? Why get trained here and go somewhere else? Here's where God ordained you and has called you. It's important you understand that and break through that and settle that in your mind. 41 years ago, I made up my mind to serve God. And I never got tempted not to serve God. Well, there's been some heated moments. Oh, yes, there have many heated moments. But that didn't discourage me to say, I'm going to quit. I'm going I'm to get off. You know, No, I just know I got to stay with it. Over the years, you learn. You learn. I just got to stay with it, do what God's taught me to do, and do it with all I got. And I'm going to tell you, 
you will always, and I repeat myself, always have a breakthrough. But you see, when you don't stay with it, you're going to have a breakdown. And then you're going to get confused. And that's what you don't want, I don't want, God doesn't want. Only the devil is at work. See, because we know God's the author. God's not the author of confusion, but he's the author of peace. You know, isn't it amazing when he says, he doesn't say to you, I give you peace. He says, I give you my peace. Wow. I don't know if you catch that, but wow, that's, that's amazing. For him to tell you that and tell me that, says, Pastor Robert, I'm not going to give you peace. I'm going to give you my peace that passes all understanding, that people don't understand. Oh, but only God can give you something like that. It's powerful when you think all that God has offered you and I in his word, through prayer, through fasting, all these things that God's gifted us to use as weapons for his honor and for his glory. He's equipped us to become overcomers more than conquerors, but we got to stay with it. Isn't it amazing? You get blessed and the first thing you want to do is take off. God's moving like, like I'm talking about moving, moving in the power, moving in the gift, people getting saved, healed, delivered for people to, right now in our church, some folks are saying, I cannot believe, man, what God's done in my life. They've been coming to church for 10 years. Man, nothing means nothing to me out there no more. That's the way it's supposed to be. Because what's important are kingdom business. Things that are important are spiritual things. Everything else are just added benefits. Too many of us, not here, but too many people are always looking for more, and they're going to find out they're going to be empty. You already found it. I, I was sharing in the first session that I used to work for the school district. I drive this place always, same spot. Of course, I wasn't saved, and, and man, I was either sick or hungover, bad shape. I always see that sign. I found it. Ah, what did you find? You know, I kept on going. There. And then finally, one day, I got saved. Going to the same spot, I looked up there. Wow, I found it too. Wow, I found it. But notice the contrast. My God. Oh, messed up, hung over, mad at that sign. Now, wow, I found it too, man. And I shouted it out from the mountain. I'm going to let you know. I shouted it. I found it, man. Can I tell you something? He's still there. He's always there. He's there for you right now. He's here for me. You can be mad. You can have a bad day right now. That's because you fell off a horse. But listen, we're going to get you back on board before you go home. You know, you're preaching the gospel and people come, people go, and you're wondering, what am I doing wrong? Sometimes you're not doing nothing wrong. You're just doing what's right. I'll never forget coming to the altar in a conference one time and I said, God, why is it taking so long to build a church? And, and God, by the way, why does it take so long for our, for our churches to, 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 you know, to grow? And, and he goes, what are we doing wrong, Lord? Show me. He says, it's not what you're doing wrong. It's what you're doing that's right. Because, see, very few people want to live for God. See, we're trained and taught, let's live for God. Let's let God be God in our lives, in our homes, in our marriages. Let God be God in our work, wherever we're at. God, let God be the God that he wants to be in your life. See, if we're not careful, we're going to trade him in for something that has no value. We can't afford that, church. God's such a good God and a big God. He wants to do big things. 
and we got to let them. One of the things that's kept me a lot of years is a spirit of appreciation and just gratitude. Man, up to this very day, I am so happy just for what he's done in my life. My life. I am so appreciative of what he's done for me. For me, being free, serving him. You see, I'm going to tell you that many times we don't understand that, man, when you appreciate God and you love God, I like what this individual said concerning gratitude. He said these words, it unlocks the fullness of life. You want the fullness of life in God? Man, you appreciate him and thank him every day. You're in your right mind. You're serving him. You're on your way to heaven. No matter what, you're going to stay with it. You have made your decision already. Nothing's going to stop that decision. No trial, no nothing. Then he goes on to say, it turns what we have into enough. I like that. Whatever you have, it becomes enough. And then it goes on to say, and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. It'll turn a meal into a feast. Can you imagine that? And it's true. A house into a home and a stranger into a friend. That's what gratitude does. Just because you're so happy, you know Jesus. Do you know how many people don't know Jesus? Do you know that in China there's 1 billion, 300 million folks over there? I don't know how many are saved, but I'll guarantee you one thing. Ain't that many. 1 billion, 300 million there. India has 1 billion, 300 million there, I guess, toe-to-toe there. Here in the States, we have about 300, a little over 300 million. In California, we have 39 million. Think about that. There's things to do, people to reach the kingdom of God. It's called you and I to witness, to share the love of God. Because I'm going to tell you, this is the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. There's people that are out there that are hurting just like we were hurting. I, I remember right in the beginning stages of pioneering, I, I went out there with a lot of faith knowing if God can change me, he can change anybody, anybody. And so in saying that, I, I go out there and I just trust God, preaching the gospel, and telling people, man, I go to the jails, I go here, I go there, and they're sharing the love of God little by little. They start popping in one at a time. One at a time. And they're still coming in one at a time, you know. But you have to stay with it. You've got to stay with it to see God's promises fulfilling your life. God's promises are argue and amen. That's what he says, and I mean it. He means it, and I believe it. You've got to trust him, church. So in saying that, take me to my second thought real quickly, and that is we're going to have to be resilient. Resil- resilient. I'll catch it yet. <laughs> that very word means recovering back from adversity, from depression, or bouncing back. we got to be resilient. you got to be. See, so we can have that bouncing back mentality. Off the horse, on the horse. Goes crazy, off the horse, on the horse. You don't even hesitate. You don't even give the devil time to lie to you. You're back on it. You're not going to get confused because you're on the horse. It may be tough. You may be rocky. But you're on the horse. But we have to be resilient. We have to. We must. I like what Job said. When you think about Job, here's a man that lost everything. We know the story. He lost everything. I mean, his riches, his family, you know, and, and finally at the end, his wife turns on him. Are you still serving your God? Why don't you curse him and die? 
And here's Job. He understood one thing. He looked up said, God, I came in with nothing. I am leaving with nothing. Blessed be the name of God. Because he knew, he understood, he had to stay with it no matter how hot it got. He understood no matter how hot the battle got, he was going to stay with it. And you find out at the end, he got a double fold. Only because he stood with it. The difference between people that have it and don't have it is those that are willing to stay with it. Oh, God is so good, church. God is so good. And right now you may be going through something, and sometimes you say, I don't want to hear that, Pastor. That's where, that's where you and I have to dig deeper and say, tell me some more. Tell me some more. Tell me some more. Because you know what? All we need to do is be encouraged and get out of that slump or eat maybe the coma. You have the Apostle Paul. Here's a man that you and I know of that he went through all types of fiery trials and battles. But he was a man of God simply because he was a man that was willing to pay the price and stick it out no matter what. He said these words, nothing shall separate me from the love of God. No, not life, not death, nor tribulation, nor distress. Nothing shall separate me from the love. He was determined. He was determined that nothing was going to break in. In his relationship with God, he was in prison. Uh, he was in the ocean shipwreck. He was left for dead, whipped. I mean, he was whipped numbers of times. Now, if he can do it, we can do it. Paul was just Paul. He was a man of God that understood he had to stay with it. I have a quote that says, don't let your circumstances change your commitment towards God. But rather let God change your circumstances. See, a lot of times we allow a circumstance to knock us off our victory in Christ Jesus. But instead, don't let that. Let God change your circumstance. Whatever it may be. Everybody's circumstance may be different. Physically, spiritually, mentally, whatever it may be, financially. But let God heal that circumstance for you. He wants to. Will you let him? But you see, you and I have to stay with it. We have to be resilient. We have to. We must. I like David, uh, King David, the story you find in 1 Samuel 30. Where in this story you find out they're going back into camp and all of a sudden uh, everything's burned down. The wives and children have been captivated. Malachites had came in and took all that they had. And so all of a sudden, the Bible says that David and men, they begin to just say, weep and weep and weep. The Bible says they wept until there was no more weeping left. I can just picture that. I can just picture them weeping and weeping. How can you not? Their wives, their children, daughters and sons have been captivated. They've been captured. And all of a sudden, and during that time, they're even thinking about stoning them because they were blaming David. But David got up. In the scripture, he strengthened himself in the Lord. He began to, you know, lift up his hands and flex his muscles and say, and, and he asked God, God, he, am I going to recover everything back? And God spoke to him, yes. But he also had to stay with it. He had to stay with it. And you find that in the scriptures. It says in uh, chapter 30, it says, nothing by theirs was missing, neither small nor great, nor sons, nor daughters, nor spoil, nor anything that, he had, that had been taken. For David recovered it all. Everything that he lost, God brought back. But you know what? He says they wept it, until they could weep no more. He got up and he fought the fight. 
You see, this is what I'm talking about. If you want to see God move like that in any way, shape, or form, you've got to stay with it. You cannot stop. The only time you stop is when God tells you to stop. And that's not serving God. That's in a position of ministry. Because we live in a time where sometimes we're in ministry, and right away, well, I'm tired. and Well, everybody's tired. We need workers now more than ever. I mean, here's a big church. We think, well, we got a lot of workers. And we never have enough workers in the nursery, ushers, musicians. We need more and more and more to extend the kingdom of God. But we all got to tough it out. Every one of us here, pastors, be a big blessing to your mother church. You want to be blessed? Be a blessing to your mother church. You'll be blessed above and beyond. Sow your seed to your mother church because it will produce fruit in your, in your church. Listen to what I'm saying. A lot of times we begin to just hoard there a little Lord. No, no, don't do that. Help. Oh, yeah, well, they're a big church. Well, that's why they need help because they're big. You're small. You don't need a lot of, a lot of help. See, we look at the opposite. The paradox of that is this. You have to be a blessing for God to bless you. You have to be a blessing. And God will bless you. Now we have another story real quickly before I bring this to a close. And that's the story of uh, Rahab. And you find that story in Joshua chapter 2. Powerful story. Because it, it implies the, the able to endure and fight the good fight. And, and here she is and... She understood the spies came in. As they came in, the king heard that the spies were right there by Rahab. And all of a sudden, they, they asked her, have you seen them? Yeah, they went that way. But she had them hidden. And in the story, as they went that way, she began to talk to them. Listen, when you leave, I heard about your God. Man, your God, he opens the Red Sea. He slays giants. He does big and wonderful things. Man, will you spare us since I helped you here? They made a little covenant there. Yes, sure. Put the scarlet there. We'll come in. And you know, what's so beautiful about this story is that when the walls came tumbling down on Jericho, sure enough, the Bible says there in the book of Joshua that when they came to the land, thou shalt bind the line of the scarlet thread in the window with that bit. And he goes, where you let us down. And thou shalt bring thy father, thy mother, thy brother, thy father's household home unto thee. Think about that. Not only did she get her family saved, her household, her mom, her dad, everybody got saved because she stuck it out. She stayed with it. She stayed with it. Man, and, and the beautiful thing about she, if you look at Matthew, the very beginning where no one likes to read, <laughs> all the ancestries, you know, you find, you read, oh, my God, you find there, you find Ruth and David and Jesus are tied in with Rahab because she was willing to stay with it. But the part I like it's all her family got saved. Man, the whole, hey. I, I've been saying this for a lot of years. I'm not going to stop till I die. Never close shop. God can do anything. The Bible says there's nothing too hard for God. Do you get that? All things are possible. Wait to those that stick it out. All things that are possible to those that believe. All things are possible. So if you've got spouses and kids that are not saved, don't give up. Don't you dare give up. Because we serve a marvelous God that still opens Red Seas. He still slays giants. Hey, don't go by what you see. Hey, Bible says call those things that are not as those they are. Believe God for those things to happen. Hey, Amen. We're believing God for revival in our families. Just like Rahab. 
Rahab said, hey, will you spare us? Will you help us? And they said, listen, as long as you don't go tell the king nothing, because if you do, this contract's broken. But if you don't, you shall be saved in your household. Doesn't that sound familiar? That's why don't be discouraged if you got kids that are running wild. Just don't give up on them. Doing things they shouldn't be doing. Don't. Just look at it this way. If God can save you, can save anybody. Listen, when you surrender and commit your will to him, now he's committed to you. Ooh. See, those that stay with it and, and surrender their hearts to God totally, now God has made a mandate. Jeremiah 1.12 says, I watch my word to perform it. And because you have given your all to God, everything you got, he says, you know what, son, daughter, I am committed now to you. This is a God that knows every star by name, even though they're finding new galaxies. He knows all, the moon, the sun, the star. He knows all things. This is a God that says, I'm committed to you because you're committed to me. Man, those are powerful benefits. And they will come to pass. But here's the main ingredient. you got to stay with it. And yes, there's going to be moments where there's going to be tears when there's no more tears left to shed. Some of the most powerful sermons that I've had are napkins with the tears on them. And God moves and speaks. The anointing breaks yokes. You're not going to figure it all out. Don't even try. Just stay with it and it'll happen. The mistake many make is they try to figure things out. Believe it or not, when I look back, wow. If I would have done this, this, and that, I would have made a mess. I left it alone and God puts it in place. God puts it in place like a puzzle. God puts it in place. But you see, you and I as individuals got to just surrender to him, commit to him, and now he has to commit to you. And I want that to be a good thing, not a forceful thing, but a good thing. Lastly and finally, I'll leave you with this, uh, this last point and a thought. And that is, you can't stay with it if you have left it. You know, and what I mean by that is, you know how the Bible says in the book of Revelation, many have left their first love. They didn't lose the first love. That's the difference. They left it. See, and a long time, if we're not careful, a horse can knock us out or knock us down, not get back on. And it's, we're leaving it. I don't want to go through that no more. None of us like to go through hardships, but when you're in them and you trust God, when you come forth, you say, oh, wow, that was a wild one, Lord, but you came through again. That's what made David, 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 all of a sudden, when he was going to fight Goliath, do you know when, when David was going to go against Goliath, he knew he, the, the giant was coming down. He knew it. Why? Because he saw the lion and the bear go down. See, that's what you and I got to understand. When all of a sudden God brings you out of this, he'll bring you out of that. No matter what you go through, church. See, sometimes you hear things, uh, 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 faith, and, you know, and we're just like, okay, okay. No, 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 it's not okay. you got to build your faith up. Say, yes, Lord, I believe, I believe. I believe that what Pastor Robert's saying, my, my household's going to be saved. I believe it, I believe it. But you got to stay with it. 
You got to stay with it. How many know men and women of God just don't appear? It just doesn't happen. You know, you're born and all you're, you're anointed, you're saved, and you're serving God, no trials, no nothing, everything's perfect. There's no such thing. Great men of God, great women of, of God have gone through many courses of adversity. You know, it's amazing we want what Pastor Richard and Nancy have, but you're not going to be willing to go through what they went through to get it. Oh, I want what pastor has, that pastor has. I want what they have. You're not going to be willing to pay the price to get what they got. Let me give you a little example here, and I close with this. Since most beautiful people we have known are those who have known a little defeat, known sufferings, known struggles, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation they have a sensitivity, an understanding of life. It fills them with compassion, gentleness, deep loving concern. Beautiful people just don't happen. I like what the Apostle Paul said to the church of Corinth. When he began to share, when he went through tribulation and trials, he said, it was God, the comforter that comforted me through my hard times. But then he goes on. But he, he did not just comfort me to comfort me, but he comforted me that I may comfort others. See, that's the beautiful, when you go through something, your words carry gold and weight because you've been through that. You say, brother, I know you can do it. I've been there. You can do it. It's almost like saying that the, the lion, the bear went down. This is going to go down too. We can do it when we encourage each other. And that's what it's about here to this evening or afternoon rather. We can encourage each other say, brother and sister, you know what? We can do it. We're going to do it. God's going to help us. If God is for us, who can be against us? We serve a God that goes beyond our measure. Let's give the Lord a big clap offering of praise all together. Come on. Oh, what a wonderful Jesus we serve. Oh, Rebosia, Handelubisinda. Thank you, my Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful God we serve. Jesus, Jesus, what a wonder you are. Oh, God, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord God. God, I just pray, Lord, if there's one soul that does not know you here in the house of God. God, that by your love and by your mercy, God, you will touch them even now as I speak. Knock at the door of their heart. Become real to them like you did to me, Lord. Become so real, God, they will never have any second thoughts of who they met. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of heaven. The one that was crucified for the sins of the world. The one that resurrected from the dead. That's our Savior. That's our God. So if you're here today, you would say, Pastor, I don't understand everything, but I do sense something different. There's a peace. There's a joy. There's a contending there. That's the love of God. He'll never force himself upon no man, no woman. But he will not gently and invite you in. He says, he will sup with you and you will sup with him. What, an, what a blessing. So if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm that man, I'm that woman. I need Jesus. I need a Savior. I'm hurting. I'm empty. I want to make heaven my home. I want my sins erased and washed away. You're in the right place.